Matthew 10, verses 34 to 42. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Jerry. Well, we are finishing out chapter 10 mm-hmm. of Matthew today. And, uh, you know, this is this is a really interesting uh, passage. Uh, so we have this, I did not come to bring peace to the earth, but a sword. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems just so contrary to the uh, the angel song, you know, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth uh, with him, with to those with whom he's pleased. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and then there's this whole kind of confusing feeling like we're supposed to like love Jesus more than, you know, our own family. And uh, it, it just isn't the language that we normally use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this whole section about rewards. But, you know, so one thing before we jump in, I think context is very, very important. Um, Jesus, you know, this is still kind of this commissioning yeah. of he's about to send out the 12 apostles for the first time to do the first uh, kind of kingdom ministry that's mm-hmm. not by John the Baptist or Jesus. Yeah. And so he he's like preparing them for what they're going to find. Mm-hmm. And in uh, the past couple of days passages, that has been persecution and pain and trials and opposition. Um, so I think it's important to realize that in this passage, like Jesus is setting expectations, you know, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm not saying any of this to like, you know, water down the passage or anything, but I think it is important to just view it placed in that sort of context. Right. Um, is he, he is setting expectations uh, for the first like missionary sort of mm. task force mm. that ever goes out. Yeah. So Jerry, what are, what are your thoughts on everything happening in this passage today? Yeah, I think that's a good word because like you shouldn't like read this and immediately think, okay, to be a Christian means I need to hate my family in the sense that like I need to go home and like be a jerk to them mm. <laughs> um, or whatnot. Um, I don't, I need to be a jerk to my sons and my daughters and stuff like that. I think the word expectation is key that this is the kingdom gospel. And it's a gospel that says that God is the king of the universe and that his king is Jesus and that he is a suffering servant king. And so mm. he like comes 
he's the greatest king who ever lived because he paid the greatest price for his subjects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, but like he calls his subjects to live under his rule mm-hmm. with sole allegiance, because as we know from like the old Testament, like Jesus is God. And the first commandment is to have no other gods. Um, mm. You know, like God alone deserves worship because of who he is. I mean, he created us like, there is none like him. There's no one worthy of worship like him. So mm-hmm. he deserves absolute allegiance. Um, he deserves our submission. Um, and he's he's rightfully earned it too. I mean, he has like paid the price for us. So there's good reason to, to worship him. Um, and you know, when that news, because remember good news, gospel, I mean, it is a proclamation. Yeah. Um, it's an announcement. Isaiah's like language there is like, you know, the, the news is coming, like, this is the king, he is here. And so when that news comes, other kingdoms aren't going to like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that it's right for us to have that expectation that Jesus is setting here, that like those other kingdoms are going to go deep um, mm. and they're going to affect even like families, you know, um, and we just have to recognize that there's going to be, there's kingdoms in even the closest relationships that we have that are not going to be willing to be on board with Jesus's kingdom. Yeah. And so that's going to lead to this separation and that's that's terrible and that's sad and even Jesus's own brothers and his his family like they did not believe in him. Yeah. Um, at first. Yeah. The amazing thing is that one of his brothers has a letter in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. James. Yeah. And so you see like that kind of, you know, grace of God there. Um but it's right to expect the division that comes with kingdoms you know we know that just from world history and like the way human kingdoms work is like every kingdom wants power and authority yeah um, and they especially oppose kingdoms that have greater authority yeah um, they fear them they want to take over them and jesus is coming saying this kingdom has the greatest authority mm-hmm. um but that's actually good for us like it's a kingdom that leads to our flourishing but nonetheless people will not um want to submit to that and so Anyways, I think that's like at least some preliminary thoughts there on this whole like bringing a sword and, and yeah. peace, you know. Amen. You know, I, I think like the hierarchy of loves is really important and really healthy for us to have a clear understanding of. Um, yeah. I think in a family unit, uh, we can see it like the the primary relationship in a healthy family unit needs to be the marriage mm-hmm. of the parents. Yeah. That doesn't mean that like, you know, your love for Lizzie gets in the way of your love for your daughters. Mm. It actually enhances it. Right. You know, exactly. And I think that this is what is so crucial um, is, you know, there's kind of two contexts where this can play out. One is the, the family where Jesus uh, is a dividing line. Um, and, you know, I, I think specifically of uh, our friends that help the persecuted mm-hmm. who uh, work in the Middle East. This is not some conceptual passage to them. Yeah. This is like for these Muslims who are on the the cusp of like following Jesus or uh, new, you know, Christian converts. This is not some like hard to deal with passage. This is just like life, mm-hmm. you know. But then there's also a context, which is kind of what you and I operate a little bit more in, uh, which is that, you know, in our homes that we live in, 
Jesus is like a unifying factor Mm -hmm. and, uh, and something that we're all like working towards. And then, you know, um, and I can speak for like the family that I grew up in all solid believers who, you know, my parents discipled us, my sisters, um, are, uh, just beacons of, of, you know, godly womanhood and everything. So that is kind of where it can be a little more confusing Mm -hmm. to deal with this. Um, but that's where this hierarchy of loves is if you have like a handful of good, you know, quote unquote loves, like, like people that you love, things that you love, if they are out of whack and out of order, it deteriorates the quality of all the relationships. So, you know, for example, uh, like I, I mentioned having kids and, and that's like a classic thing that, you know, in homes where both parents love their kids a lot more than they love each other, mm-hmm. that inevitably creates issues in their marriage. Yeah. And then that like inevitably damages the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and it's sad. You would think like if the kids like the loving their kids is the number one priority um, over the marriage, even then the kids would just be, you know, loved to death, but it, it creates like a competitive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it creates damaging dynamics that just begin to govern the home. Whereas if it's like this loving, healthy, vibrant marriage, that's at the core, then it's a husband and wife empowering one another to parent well. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's the same with friendship. Like, uh, Jerry, I love you as a dear friend of mine. I also love Jenna uh, as my wife also. (laughs) But if I care more about our friendship than I care about my marriage, then my life is going to spin out of control. (laughs) You're great. Quickly. Yeah, it's going to quickly spin out of control. But if I'm like have a healthy, vibrant, like home life and marriage, then I'm going to be a much better friend to you and to everybody. Yes. And our, our relationship with our savior and with the one who made us and cares for us it towers above all of that even so do you have any other sort of thoughts on on this like hierarchy that that jesus is instructing his his followers towards or this these rewards that he mentions yeah i mean i think that is like the hard work uh is um is really considering the the love there and i think as you were talking about that it just made me think of back to like Ten Commandments and like idolatry and things like that. Like other other things other than God can't like bear the weight of our highest devotion and love, actually. Um like my wife, I can't she is not designed to give me everything that God can alone give me. Um and when you when you make someone else your God, uh you ultimately destroy them and they'll never, they'll never meet your expectations. Uh, you'll never meet theirs. You know, it just, it, it twists things out of control. And, and, and so the, not only is it right to only worship God, but it's also good to only worship God. Um, and so I just think that that's, you know, we should take some time to think through like, what is, what, what does have the highest priority in, mm-hmm. in my heart? Um, or who rather has the highest priority in my heart? And, um, and because the thing is, like, scripture is clear that when you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that like overflows into loving your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Um, and so 
it's it's good for all when you have that rightly ordered love. Augustine talks about like the difference, but like sin is disordered love, basically, um, is how he talks about it. And and so we we need to rightly order our love, um, ultimately towards the Lord. Amen. So, yeah. And then I don't know. I think it's really helpful this at the end here, um, kind of related to this whole like love God, love your neighbor. Um, as you are, you know, living for this kingdom that divides, he kind of gives us an instruction at the end here of the little ones and how you treat the little ones. And I think that that's, that's really helpful. If you give one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is my disciple, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And so just reflecting this, um, this back to James again, like there's so many parallels. He talks about not having partiality um, in, in his kingdom. Uh, we ought not just because one is little and mm. insignificant um, be, be partial towards them. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a, just another totally backwards upside down kingdom kind of principle of Jesus's that it's not the, you know, the prom, the prominent are not the only ones who deserve our, hospitality mm. um but even even little ones and and that's just uh i think a helpful reminder yeah amen amen well a great word today um and you know may we be people of those rightly ordered loves and uh you know we'll see them all take fuller form and uh, greater depth because um they're all placed in their right order so for the great jeremy brooks brother jerry this is will carlisle and we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.